pandemic got us into a reflective space and made us look inward to see what we can do for the world at large. As a self-expression coach, I became a catalyst for women and started Vani, a one-on-one -on -one coaching program for women on finding their voice, to speak up, to be visible. As a storyteller, I spotted there were many ordinary people amongst us leading extraordinary lives, making a difference to the world, and they needed to be heard. Thus was born You and I with Rashmi Shetty, where amazing personal journeys with their uniqueness and individuality are showcased. A reaffirmation of the fact, open your eyes wider, the world is far more beautiful when we acknowledge the presence of both you and I. today is Usha Jamadagni, Managing Director with Accenture. A perfect guest for this Valentine's special. An advocate of self-care and self-love, she is a strategic IT executive with experience in leading, transforming and delivering successful global projects and managed services to Fortune 500 clients with responsibilities in service management, relationship management, infrastructure and application outsourced program and project management. Her mantra, she says, is to be the best version of myself all the time. Usha is also a certified Zumba instructor. This fashionista, model, motivational speaker, inclusion and diversity champion, fitness enthusiast, and a Mrs. India 2018 finalist is someone the fashion world calls beauty, with brains. She has bagged Mrs. India Corporate Queen and Mrs. India Karnataka intellectual titles in her journey to be a Mrs. India finalist in 2018. Listen in as she shares every aspect of what makes her a complete woman. I do not have words to describe what an amazing woman you are for having just been you and stayed you all these years. Having you on You and I with Rashmi Shetty is something which is a dream for me because we met a few years ago and you are so full of life. You're so full of energy. You are brightness wherever you are. How is little Usha, the little girl, among so many other people, what was your childhood like to the Usha that the world is seeing today? What have been your influences to make you who you are? Welcome to you and I with Rashmi Shetty and a pleasure seeing you after so many years. Thank you so much, Rashmi. It's a pleasure being part of you and I. Although we have not interacted many times, we met in a couple of years back, you just exude positivity. Seriously, Rashmi, oh, your smiling face. I mean, I've seen your articles. I've seen some of your other uh, vlogs that uh, you have done it. And it's really my pleasure. It's the other way around. My pleasure to be part of you and I. Uh, what's been my childhood was like, it was very, very normal childhood. I was uh, brought up in a middle class family. My father was a government employee. He was uh, a math lecturer for uh, higher secondary and the high school. 
and um, my mom was housewife and till my fourth standard so we were traveling across karnataka right wherever my dad would get posted we were going there but by when when i was in fourth standard actually my dad got retired and uh, we moved to mysore so since then i have been in mysore and uh, regarding my um, energy level i guess i i should thank my parents some of them is obviously you know kind of a genetics and uh, it's just that you know right from the beginning i've been um, very you know kind of a easy going girl um, although you know like my siblings won't agree with that uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's been easy going always easy going my at least my mother uh, used to say that you know very easy going very prompt in my studies um, and you know very obedient uh, child i would say right so um, very obedient child and things like that and um, um, it's not that i had any big dreams in terms of what i wanted to do i was just going with the flow right it's not like you know when i was 10 i knew what i wanted to do definitely that was not the case but all that i knew was i wanted to work i wanted to be in some commanding position um so even you know like when you were in uh, elementary school something when teacher would ask you that's a common question that we all get asked right saying that what do you want to be when you grow up um my answers would be um, you know i want to be a mother when i grow up so that's again kind of you know now that you know I, we can do more analysis of that that would be mother is always considered as in charge of things right so i would say that i would want to be a mother sometimes i would say that uh, i would want to be a ceo uh, by then just must, i must have heard about the word ceo i didn't know what ceo meant but all that i knew was somebody in a very commanding position that's what i always wanted to do and the, my other side of the personality was um, um right from right as i would say that as long as i can remember right as a baby and a very little girl i always wanted to be around people so um because that gives me joy and uh, everybody around me they also say that even now they say that you know it's uh, not that you know i'm the life of the party or anything but everybody says that you know when we are with you usha you know something lights up it's uh, uh, it's just that you know you have that uh, ability to get everybody involved in a conversation and for this one rashmi um, like i said you know it it comes natural to me i don't know how it comes natural to me and i enjoy doing that also so that's uh, been that's how it's been and uh, when i was uh, coming to my high school uh, my dad passed away so uh, that was i would say that even though financially it was, i mean we couldn't understand what it meant but still i don't think financially my mom had to go through a lot of hardships but still she was a housewife she never stepped out of the house till you know uh, back then that was how it used to be and both my sisters were already married we have a huge age gap um, uh, between you uh, know the i have two elder sisters and one younger brother so pretty much it was myself my younger brother who is uh, 3 years uh, younger to me and my mom so there were lot of things that we had to do um, ourselves right because you know as it is my mom was uh, shocked that my dad had passed away so first time she had to deal with lot of other things um so i was the elder sibling then at the time at home and uh, it's just that you know all of a sudden we feel that you know i grew up a lot and sud- this sudden sense of responsibility right so um, not that you know i was contributing consciously to that but still sudden sense of responsibility mom was not well at home and it's it's just that you know even even the relatives and everybody saying that oh my god what happened no you are 12 your brother is 9 
So a lot of things, right? So that inherent responsibility uh, that I would say that that uh, came to me when I was very little, when I was 12, and um, I was always a good student. From that point onwards, I was like, no, I need to do something very well so that you know I need to uh, get into good college. I need to, obviously I knew, so everything has to be through the merit only. There was no question of, uh, uh, you know, kind of, seeing whether I can get through management quota or whether I can get through donation. And I also knew that I wanted to do engineering. Again, that was like commanding thing that I wanted to be a part of. So this is how it has been. And I would not say that it was uh, really challenging or anything, but it's just that the sense of responsibility of I need to do on my own. Although you know, my sisters were there, they were supportive and all, but still something I should do on my own. That um, what I would call... Um, that urge or the desire for me to do something on my own was there from very early on um, in my childhood. Okay. And uh, now reflecting, Usha, do you yeah. remember who inspired you to do that? Or it was just circumstance that made you think that you should do something on your own? I mean, in terms of uh, whether I had role models, I had many role models, right? Throughout my even from my high school days to college days and engineering days, and then my early career, and even now, right? I do have uh, quite a few people role models. I cannot say that, you know, I just picked this from one individual. But I would say that's what I've been telling everywhere, even in you know, small articles that I write. Um, my constant source of inspiration and my role model in, for life is my mother. Yeah. Uh, definitely my mother. The way that, you know, she managed. She was not at all a control freak, right? But if you can imagine, I know this is in in eighties, right? This is in uh, um, late seventies and late eighties, and just at home with the responsibility of two small kids at home. How she managed things, right? So I would say that that probably that's one of the reasons why I am also very independent. Right? She was not at all control freak. She was not at all controlling everything. But still, the way that you know she kind of you know shaped me as a person. I mean, my brother as a person. It's fantastic. I do not know. I cannot put that in a word. Uh, in, in words, uh, rather. But seriously, for me, my mother has been all-time role model. Like I said, you know, financially it was not a big, but still, you know, um, some of the things, oh my God, you're still so young. You, I still have to work on your education. Your brother has to, you know, educate. You guys should get a right job. I mean, for me, more of, you know, you got to get you married. Um, how she handled the life, I have seen it firsthand. Um, and um, and again, it's, uh, it's not always, um, you know, walking the park for her, right? So, because, you know, we were teenagers. Um, Obviously, you know, you would go through your uh, um, share of uh, uh, troubles with your parents, but all those things, the way that she handled, even now, you know, I have grown up kids, my kids are 26 and 20. Um, some of the incidents, I put myself in my mother's shoes, what my mom would have done if, you know, if she were to handle the situation. And a lot of things saying that, you know, uh, you don't control everything. So those are the things that I learned from her. And the other thing is, you know, being content in life, Rashmi. Today, I can um, very proudly say that, you know, I'm very content in my life. And for that being the content, I learned it from my mother. The way that she used to lead a kind of, I'm sure, you know, inside she was, uh, you know, kind of very uh, nervous and all, but the she, she would lead her life.
she would interact with me she would interact with my friends she would interact with the relatives it was very 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 um, lesson learned for me in terms of how to be content with what we have you know today i may say that you know i have few things in abundance um, but still my uh, level of uh, uh, contentment has uh, been the same um, it's it's uh, that's that's what i would say the pure the things that i picked up by mother how to be content in life and uh, how to be a i cannot call myself a good mother or i cannot compare myself with my mom but still some of the things that i do with my kids it's uh, purely from what i learned from her so she's been my role model for life wow and uh, engineering at that point usha when you wanted to do it was uh, was it as much equal or uh, like we see today or was it not a bastion that girls would choose or prefer why did you choose that okay see for me uh, i was a very good student all along right mm-hmm. very good student used to get good scores and all so um, i chose science um, a pcmb and um, so when i did that um, i knew i did not want to go into medicine that is because i was very very scared of just silly things now you know when you think back it's really silly thing for me to do that but anyway um, i got the admission into my medical college and everybody they were saying that you are a mad person not to take uh, the government seat that you have got in my medical college but for me uh, the silly reason like i said you know i was very scared of needles i thought i just couldn't go through the medicine and also i was thinking that you know there is no life for doctors very silly thing to do this is you know when i was all of 16 17 right i was like oh my god you need to work you need to study for life anyway so the the other choice was engineering and um, i also knew that uh, i was uh, uh, my mom could not have uh, sent me to other schools in this one so my choice was you know the jc the best college in mysore so i joined engineering and um, but at that time let me tell you when i was in uh, first pu second pu or 11th or 12th um, so a lot of people uh, my relatives a lot of people because you know even though my mom was a very very independent lady so she was she had to sort of you know take inputs from, from the relatives yeah. right uh, she had to take input from the relatives many of them many of them they had told her that uh, she shouldn't encourage me to you know kind of go into engineering because it's a, it's an expensive course comparatively um, and it's going to take a lot of time and again you know finding a suitable group might be difficult so it's better you know she takes um, some degree or the diploma and then start working and start working and then contribute in whatever i way i can now in that way my mother was very very determined she said you know i'm not going to send her outside of mysore if she gets a merit seat she can go to engineering and uh, i was you know that's how it is so and again when i chose the engineering branch also the same thing it's uh, uh, really the, the funny story i want to tell you mine was a second batch of uh, cet that mm-hmm. is when they just introduced cet mine was the second batch so things were probably still not as well structured or organized as yeah. uh, it was it just a second batch yeah. right so it was a manual application form that we needed to fill and uh, somebody my senior one batch uh, um, who had gone through this one so that guy had told me 
um, they were very, very careful when you are choosing that. We had to choose 10 choices for your the college mm -hmm. and the branch. Be very, very careful. If you choose the first or second, most likely you will not get it. So choose ninth or 10th as whatever the branch you wanted. So my first, um, this one was, again, it's like, uh, you know, lack of uh, guidance or maybe you know i was not reaching out to people you know so and, and i had to do everything myself right because you know yeah. my mom would support me but she cannot guide me in this area so, so my first choice was nie that was only two engineering colleges back then in mysore nie mechanical second nie civil the ones that i really did not want to go and electronics and communication was maybe ninth or tenth choice um, that's how ignorant I was, you know, it's not that I was not at all aware of what I was getting into. Everybody's going to engineering, I'm going to engineering. Everybody is doing ENC because everybody says that that's the best branch to be, I'm taking ENC. Um, so then in my first list, I got into mechanical. I was like, oh my God, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> and then I asked for change of branch, then I went into electronics. So in terms of the... Um, um, now, when I look back into, you know, like what I did, it was definitely, you know, not the informed decision I was taking. I was just going with the flow. Um, and then now, now people are more smart. The kids now, right? They're very, very smart. They know what they want to do when they're in high school. They know, you know, which area, which field they want to work in when they're in college. Um, and, uh, you know, that was how it was. So everybody did ENC, I did ENC. Uh, <laughs> and were there enough number of girls there for uh, in uh, ENC or uh, yes. was it See, not compared, very popular? Compared to other branches, ENC was good. I think we had about 12, 12 girls oh, were going okay. to class. Okay. Uh, compared to the other branches, it was uh, definitely yeah good. And, and all the girls were very, very competitive. You know, they had better marks than me. They had come from all over India. So we had few, we had this girl from Kashmir. We had this girl from Punjab. I mean, we were like, wow, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, there were a few localites also. I mean, three or four localites, I think three. Three of us, uh, we were localites. So there were enough girls. So in terms of the engineering days were great. Um, you know, it's college life. So I also enjoyed being a localite. I knew a lot more seniors than anybody, right? So being okay. a localite. And also, um, these guys are so protective of localites, you know? It's like, yeah. oh, she's from Namamaisuro, no? Like that. So I enjoyed all the attention. Uh, engineering went by like four years, went by like, you know, it's like one semester types. Um, so after that, that is when the reality, you know, kind of this one, when we were in the final year, um, that is when, you know, the people were getting the placements, not like now. So there was not pre-placement or anything like that. Only after we completed our um, eighth semester, there used to be few placement uh, companies used to come for the campus. And uh, only after we completed an engineering, we had to go to you know, all the companies and start applying. That is that is that was a harsh reality for me, Rashmi. I was thinking that right after engineering, I can start working. And um, again, you have all these dreams, right? So stars in your eyes saying that, oh yeah, I'll be completing my engineering. I'm an engineer, uh, I'm gonna get a good job. Uh, you know, I can do whatever I want to do. Um, and like you said, even though we didn't had a lot of financial issues, but still uh, that sense of responsibility. So we were like, you know, no, this I'm going to buy on my, in my own money like that. So we had all these things, but then everything that was such a huge disappointment when, you know, um, I did not uh, pick after the final rounds of interview. 
It's a huge, huge disappointment. First was okay. I was like, maybe I didn't do well. Others are smarter than me. It was okay. The second one, the same thing happened. And in the campus, very few, maybe three or four uh, companies had come for the campus. And the, one of the companies, they were very, very open. They said that, you know, don't even bother writing because we are not hiring. We are going to take about 10 to 15 people and we are not going to take any girls. Then we had to apply on our own. So then I had come to Bangalore. I stayed with my sisters um, and then I was applying. it. So it was that itself was an experience, right? Applying was, you know, you would uh, just get your bio data, you know, kind of, you know, typed and then go to every officers, very few officers there in Cunningham Road and uh, Lavely Road and Residency Road, I remember. And then handing over your profile, your biodata and the cover letter, and then you would get a uh, letter back or a call back if you had given your phone number. So, uh, so that is when a huge disappointments because you know many many companies I I would get selected till the, the group uh, discussion round right your written test is done technical aptitude is good um, and then the interview part is good and then they call you for the GD GD is good at least you would think that you know GD you can evaluate yourself because you know people are around you and you know like how you participated after that nothing would come that was a huge disappointment um, the first disappointment I would say saying that oh my God life is not uh, going to be as easy breezy as it was till now um, and then uh, then I got into a, a, a job analog and digital systems in Lavely Road um, that too uh, through some uh, influence my brother-in-law knew somebody uh, I mean I had to go through the usual recruitment yeah, process yeah. but still that was through some connection uh, that was how it started I worked here for just a couple of months I worked for uh, four months um, and then I went to US, uh, I got married and went to US. And in US, um, um, I mean, my husband was already there and uh, he was in uh, software field. So that, that's what he said that, you know, uh, it's better you switch to software. Otherwise, uh, in the limited opportunities for electronics and communication, not that, you know, I was uh, quote unquote electronics engineer per se, but still, right? So then there was a lot of, uh, you know, kind of uh, further studies that I had to do. I had learnings that I needed to do. That is when I switched my career to computer science. And uh, since then, you know, career-wise, I've not had, uh, you know, touch wood, I've not had uh, any major disappointments. I had a lot of challenges in terms of growing up the ladder, you know, kind of uh, being, being in America and all those things. I had a lot of challenges, but not huge disappointments. But uh, how was the shift, Usha? You're moving from a country where they did not, they were very clear and candid in some cases where they told you, we are not taking you anyway, girls, we don't take, to a country suddenly, which is culturally very different. And uh, you are going to go study there now on suggestion of your husband that uh, take uh, move yeah. into software. And that's how the IT world. And at that time also, it must have been just in its nascent stage, not like how it is today. So how did you first, first of all, shift here mentally from where you went to the place that you're now slowly settling in? What were some of the questions in your mind? Okay, again, it was like, you know, going with the flow, right? Mm -hmm. So, and uh, I, I started doing my master's um, and that was a complete, you know, shift in everything, yeah. right? Uh, from, from a college life in India, in Mysore, to the college life there, because just the average age profiling, right? So people usually do master's, that's, what, that's how it used to be, but now that's not the case anymore. But still, you would have 
people from all ages, people who have 20 years of experience, they want to do their master's and people who are, you know, just completed their undergrad, they want to do their graduate master's studies, right? So that, that was like, what is this? You know, you would think that you, you, you are, you know, kind of carefree college days, then going there, everybody, you know, kind of very, very focused and determined on just that course. And many of them were working. Actually, the classes were evening classes. So many of them were working. They would come up to the work and, you know, they don't socialize. Uh, they're just, you know, kind of focusing on the studies. They are there to study, right? Not to enjoy quote unquote, yeah. uh, you know, um, friendship or college life or anything. So that was a bit of, a, <laughs> you know, cultural shock for me. Uh, and then uh, we made our own friends, right? So there were people like me who had just come to US, who had just had one year experience, two years experience. So we formed our own Desi group and Desi gang. Even uh, the learning and the teaching method was different. And the way that we were being assessed was different. So all those things, I must thank my husband because you know he helped me through it in terms of you know what needs to be done. But end of the day, it's me, right? So I need yeah. to do that. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was like I said, um, again, retuning myself. It, all along, this is what I had in my mind. I wanted to be financially independent, right from a childhood. I wanted to be financially independent. So with that aim, right? So my focus was I need to do, and it was not easy. It was not at all easy to switch fields and things like that. But I worked really hard, worked very, very hard. Um, and uh, you know, other part was okay in terms of getting adjusted to US. Everything was nice, neat, wow, nice country, wider roads. You know, all those things was nice. I was enjoying that. But uh, with the you know, focus that I had in terms of, you know, I need to get a job. I need to be financially independent. So that is what drew me again there when completing my master's. And um, again, you know, it's a hard work pays off. Uh, for sure it does, right? So when you're uh, uh, so focused in terms of, I need to do this, I need to crack this interview and all those things, right? So it, it, it did, hard work paid off. And then I, I got a job. My first job was with, uh, uh, first real job was with IBM. I did a couple of part-time um, when I was studying and uh, it was great. So the adjusting to, the work culture was also very difficult because, you know, um, within a year of, uh, in my second semester, I got into um, IBM, end of second semester, I got into IBM. So I would say within a year and a half. So it's, it's, that's also, you know, from a small town to Mysore, you know, going into IBM and not, um, and that I was put into this group. I was uh, taken as an intern there. So I was put into this group. It was a marketing and sales group. And everybody were you know, kind of 20 plus years of experience. Um, and and uh, it's, it's just that, you know, and the professionals and the way that they were, you know, kind of going around with the meeting rooms and things like that. It's just that I was in awe of everything, you know, right from uh, just, just the fact of everybody were in their suits, everybody, the way that they were speaking, you know, as simple as the way that they were speaking English and commanding respect, I was like, oh my God, will I get adjusted to this place? But uh, one thing that worked in my favor was, like I said, all along, I've been an extrovert, right? So uh, I always wanted to be around people. So I was never hesitant to go and make new friends. So that really, really helped me. Um, even now, Rashmi, that's what I think that, you know, I can, uh, I can connect with people of all ages. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's probably because, you know, I was not hesitant. I know that I, uh, even now I know I'm not at all perfect, but it's okay I'm who I am. But as long as at back then, right? So I was like, initially I was in awe of everything. And then I was like, 
this is how I am. I'm not going to change overnight, right? I cannot change overnight. Even if I want to, even if I try very hard, I will not change overnight. So I was okay. I was, uh, you know, kind of making joke about my English myself. I was uh, joking about my accent with everybody around. So I was able to make friends quickly at workplace also. Okay. That that helped me other than the mentors that uh, I wow. had. So you had a very good sense of humor to be able to laugh at yourself then. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a reality, right? So yeah. that I couldn't do anything, you know, other than saying that, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if they asked me to say, repeat it again, I was like, okay, sorry, it's my accent. I'll repeat it. Did I sound okay now? And, and I had to do that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so you learned everything on the job. You were picking everything that is there because this, this girl from Mysore has been now finding herself and her stance in the States. Yeah. Amongst a group of people who are senior, very much senior in some cases, and who know what they want, and she's still trying to find out what she wants. Yeah. Then motherhood happened there, then, or much later? That was my first job in IBM. So, you know, it's for six months, eight months was very difficult. In fact, it was uh, double the work for uh, Suresh, for my husband. So um, I would just go through that and, okay, okay, I'll do this and then go home and say, I need to do this. How do I do it? Right. So it was, you know, he helped me. So those things, right. So I used to come, it was like I said, double shift for him. He used to just sit and teach me everything. And, and, and we used to get into a lot of arguments and lots of fights because you know, um, he was like, you don't even know this much. I can't believe that, you know, you, you scored this much in this subject and things like that. But anyway, it was good. But uh, and after six, eight months, you know, I got the hang of you know, how things work and then and I was able to pick it up. Even now, that's what I tell my kids. It's not at all a big deal. You can pick it up. All that it takes is hard work, practice, practice, practice. It's you, you're going to pick it up. And then, you know, um, I, I was in IBM for a couple of years and then I changed my jobs for Better Career Prospects. I was working there. And again, I was very, very ambitious. It's just that I did not settle for this one, right? So though and IBM, good job. I, I was making decent money. Um, still, I was like, no, this is outdated technology. I want to do something else. So then again, I changed my jobs. I went into, at that time, what's considered as a niche skill set. I wanted to do the database designing, DBA, stuff like that. So I moved into that area. So a lot of learning and all, but still I was always comparing myself to a few other people who are in the group, my colleagues, right, seniors, saying that I want to be one of them. You know, I, I it, it is not the greed for more money or anything, but it's just that, you know, I want to be in that commanding position where to some extent I want to dress like them. You know, I want to look like them. Obviously, I cannot look like them, but still the way that, you know, they carry themselves. Yeah. Right? I want to do this. So I, I, I want to lead a team. So that was how ambitious I was right from the beginning. I was ambitious, but when... When in US, when there was an opportunity, if you prove yourself, you can move to the next level quickly. So I really took advantage of that fact. So um, it's I did that. And um, uh, I was literally traveling all over uh, USA. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I, I was visiting our other officers or to clients and things like that. This is in the 93, 94, I'm talking about, right? Maybe it's a little bit of personality also right so you know I, I was able to gel with people you know all those things that happen and uh, uh, that is when you started getting the pressure from back family here saying that you know you are getting old when are you going to think of the family and things like that right 
So, um, yes, um, you know, I had my um, 27, I think. Yeah, I got married when I was 22 and a half. And uh, uh, yes, um, I had my son when I was uh, 27 and a half. Five years later, he came. And um, um, I, I took a, a, just the maternity uh, break, right? It was uh, for six weeks. And then uh, I extended it by six more weeks. It was three months. Then I went right back into work. I went right back to work. And again, my mom played a key role in kind of, you know, being that solid support system for me. You know, she had come there a few months before I delivered and she stayed there for six months after my son was born. And in that way, I didn't have to worry about, you know, I have an infant left with somebody, right? My mom was taking the best of the best nanny that anybody could ask for in uh, grandmothers, right? So, so in that way, you know, I had the support, I had the family support. Um, and I always had that uh, drive and ambition to do more and more. And uh, I remember when uh, when I went back after my maternity, six weeks of break, and within six months, I changed my job again. Um, so so it, it, that's what's happened. Within six months, I changed my job saying that, no, I want to do it. At the time, actually, you know, um, a few people told me, why do you want to change? You know, your son is not even six months old. I was like, no, when I have this offer, when I have this opportunity, to make much, much more than what I'm making now. And also to be the senior um, yeah. DBA, I definitely want to take it. So that's how it has been. And I've learned a lot of things from my colleagues, also my managers, my leads also, uh, Rashmi, in terms mm. of uh, um, whether it's uh, people management skills or you know coming out of your uh, comfort zone. Um, and, and you will do it. it. It's not that initially it will be difficult, right? So, but after a few weeks, a few months, so definitely, you know, you any new uh, position would be okay. It's the same thing as that. So, so it's it's so you can come out of comfort zone. Wow, come out of the comfort zone. You know, like now a lot of women take career breaks and then getting back into that zone becomes the biggest challenge for yeah. them. Many of them face discriminations, and the biggest reason why after mid level many women drop off is because of the so called glass ceiling. Yeah. But didn't you see it, Tusha? How did you overcome the glass ceiling? You're ambitious, yes. Your dreams are very clear, yes, after a point. You are very driven. What is it that you see as the reason why you were able to not stop because there's a glass ceiling but go beyond? No, there were many instances where I felt like I should just, you know, call it a day. I should just wait. Mm -hmm. right? My many instances. So right from being a young mother, um, when you know I, I was in US till my son was ten, right? Um, so so being a young mother and the daycare, the usual stuff. But you being a first-time mom, so you don't know of all of this thing. Right? Every month, give him antibiotics, ear infections, the usual, you know, uh, the growing up of the babies, right? With the daycare, and and at one hand, you know, you would get the pressure from the family also saying that what's the need for you to work, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the need for you to work when one hand, you know, your spouse is making good money and you have a small child at home. Every, every month the child is sick. I mean, sick, sick, not in the sense that not very yeah. sick, not particularly yeah. sick, but still sick. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what's, the, what's the point in working? And you are spending so much money for the nanny, for the daycare, probably half of your uh, salary is going there. No point in working, right? So that I was very clear, like I said, from the beginning, I wanted to be financially independent. So that really what drove me, other than my dream and ambition of this month, from a personal angle. 
from a professional angle also right so even though now it's very open the inclusion and diversity and everything back then even in us right it was not this inclusive workplace hmm. no i'm not blaming anybody it's just that work culture was yeah. like that, right? yeah yeah work yeah. culture was like that definitely it's uh, not that intentionally anybody would you know kind of uh, try to put you down but still work culture was like that so many are like oh sh- she has a small baby at home i don't think usha can do that so let's give it to somebody else i literally used to fight with my lead saying that why why can't i do it i will do it i have a lot of support in fact you know i told my manager then and he's a good friend of mine now he's in new york um so and and i by then i'd become independent consultant also i was like okay i want to be independent consultant so i'd become independent consultant and then it was like you no know, small baby at home she had to take frequent time off um i don't think you can do this i fought with him saying that if i have to get my mother back here for 3 months 4 months or whatever it takes i have that support system at home right i am going to get my mom back here or i'm going to get my aunt or whoever right who can help me with that so i don't have to take complete time off or anything i can do it i want to do it so you literally had to speak up and fight for your own what do you think you deserve mm. even now right so you know i i may be in a, in a senior management position now but many times no it is not intentionally like i said many times circumstances could be like that so people just assume that you can't do certain things so so you should fight for your own thing saying that i why can't i do it i'll do it if i can't do it if i fail that's okay then i will see i'm going to seek additional help i'm going to seek additional support from you but don't just pass me off saying that i can't do it and um, and the another reason what i've noticed is um, here especially in india so people take time off because the support system is not uh, yeah. i mean it's yeah. just a nuclear family now and things like that but i would say you should learn to kind of form your own support system i understand that you know not everybody would be as lucky as me when whenever i wanted my mom used to come there and spend uh, time with me and it it not only helped me in my career but also it helped my kids yeah. with uh, you know kind of that bond with yeah. the, the grandma and things like that which i'm very very grateful for for my mother not everybody would be as lucky as me but still you should learn to find that new support system for yourself right mm-hmm. so so i mean be it finding the most reliable nanny or be it you know, some day care center or something there are so many things and it's not easy and uh, but you should you should do that and the other reason why i feel is i keep telling my team also the same saying that more than often right we women we feel guilty about mm-hmm. working we feel really guilty about working so um definitely not no i mean i can i can vouch from my personal experience um def- your kids will not feel that mom has abandoned them or you know <laughs> they've left them definitely not i can you know tell you and vouch and you know when i speak to my my kids and when they speak to their friends also yes i was busy when they were growing up um in fact i was um, more busier when they were growing up than now uh, because you know i was also kind of mid level i was also trying to do this so i was taking on more responsibilities i was traveling a lot um and 
and and and and you know with the commute and everything right you get very little time uh, to with them but i did not feel guilty because you know i was very driven in terms of what i wanted to do and also like i said i i didn't want to sit at home right financial independence even now it's very very important for me um, i i may have enough you know kind of uh, in terms of uh, uh, funding and things like that but still no you know what what do i do so i should i should have continue to have my financial independence still the time that i can and don't feel guilty and believe me your kids will not keep will not find fault in you for working definitely <laughs> not don't feel guilty don't don't ever feel guilty i mean i now i have very open conversations with my kids um, and they say that you know mom it's good that you are working probably my elder one keeps saying that now that he's also working now all right so he's he's also in it so you're saying that uh, otherwise you would have uh, you know you drive us nuts all the time but if you were home all the time then probably it would have been more so uh, it's um, it's it's uh, it, in in that way it's uh, we, we should not we should not do that and the way that uh, at, at the same time like i'm not saying that it's easy right make your kids when they're very young understand how difficult it is for you as a working mother and other responsibilities as a woman it is okay it is okay you're not dumping everything on them but they should realize that okay because it's not easy for anybody any parent especially for mothers it's not easy to manage home manage kids manage work right mm-hmm. um, and also so even though you know you have a very supportive spouse but still inherently as women as mothers yeah. we tend to take on more, more. responsibility yeah. of the kids of the, especially when they are young right True. so True. um and also, so you got to make them understand saying that you know uh, it's i it's not that you know blackmailing them saying that i'm doing all this for you but still they should also because they will not understand you should make them understand i remember you know like uh, used to come home late or for business trips or anything and whenever i come that's when the dinner time is so that they understood saying that yeah it's not easy she had a meeting she was commuting back traffic that's okay they would wait if they're hungry they would just make themselves a quick snack and eat but mm-hmm. always you know when when mom comes home that's when we are going to have dinner so um, so they they also understand so actually uh, now my kids tell me that i don't know how you did it all so that is what you know kind of it's all worth it right when your kids <laughs> tell you wow how did you do you, yeah. you did a wonderful job what more better uh, you know kind of credentials you want then uh, your own uh, you know children saying that uh, you are a good mom yes and you know uh, you split it so beautifully you said work you said home and kids but you are somebody who even took another piece of that pie which is with myself so at no time did you neglect your own health because that's another thing women do not give prominence to in the process of splitting themselves in all these spaces they forget they have a life of their own as well so yeah. how did you pick that pie piece and do that also really well usha no that that one it's um, you know my my passion has always been you know kind of staying fit my passion has been if somebody compliments you even today you feel good about it right mm-hmm. if somebody says that oh how do you manage you know you have lost weight or whatever right so mm-hmm. i'm not you know kind of saying that uh, overweight is bad i'm just saying that you know you look good so what did you do so that you that that's always that compliments you get it's really really good right 
So, and also, you know, when, before I had my kids, I was uh, very petite. Um, and obviously 25, 26, 27, <laughs> very petite. And uh, with my pregnancy, both my pregnancies, I had some health issues. I had gained a lot of weight. Um, and I had this, you know, um, with my younger first one, it was bad. I had uh, baby blues, postmodern depression, lot of things, right? So I had to intentionally do something about taking care of myself, my body rather, right? Mm-hmm. I intention had to do that because I was so overweight to a point. Even doctors were saying that you know you still look pregnant. I was joking, saying that you still look pregnant. Um, so that's why in- intentionally I had to do something. Then it became a habit. Then it became a habit in terms of keeping myself physically fit. In terms of uh, you know, keeping myself mentally fit and emotionally fit, I, like I said, I'm an extrovert. I really need to you know, kind of talk to people. I, I cannot hold anything to myself. I mean, I will, I will not share everything with the single yeah. person. So I have different people where I share some things with you, some things with them, some things with them, right? So that was how, but just talking it out and I, I used to keep myself uh, mental fit. And uh, in, in the last, I would say eight, seven to eight years. That is when, even in the corporate world, right, we keep talking about you know energizing your uh, mind, body, yeah. heart, and soul, yeah. and all. So now, when I reflect back, that's exactly what I was doing, but without a structured approach or without you know like planning too much about it. The physical fitness part of it, I had to do it, and then it became a habit, and it, you feel good about it, and then you know. And the mental part of it, I just cannot keep anything myself. And also it helps. It really helps to have, you know, few people for certain things. You know, always I go to my sisters for something. I go to my mom for some things. I go to my husband for something. I go to my in-laws for something. But I go to my friends for other things. So and being a, you know, kind of outgoing, outspoken personality that helped me in terms of how I maintain myself. And in terms of the other, uh, this one, when I moved back to India, I mean, I was always, because again, this uh, extrovert nature and me, you know, wanting to be around people, um, even in US, right? So I use, I was uh, very active in Indian associations, right? Um, in in, in Canada, Dakota, I used to teach Canada for, uh, you know, kids born there, uh, very active cultural uh, activities. I used to take lead in organizing the cultural activities for the Indian associations, uh, because that, used to make me happy and uh, I was good at it. I was good at, you know, kind of uh, getting everybody together and making them work towards a common goal uh, in terms of uh, we need to do this, we need to learn this. And I used to get, it's not that, you know, I was the one who was, I was the organizer. I was the event manager, but I used to get people saying that, oh, Rashmi, you're so good at this. Come and do this for these kids. And yeah. not like, that's how I used to be. And after um, coming here also, you know, the same thing, the family events and all. And uh, uh, see, if, if it was 15 years back, if the environment was something like today, probably I would have changed my career. Seriously, I would have been an event manager. Uh, <laughs> seriously, I would have been event manager. But I don't know, you know, if for my corporate world, IT world, things were moving well, I did this. Um, but now, you know, <laughs> it's too late. You know, I thought about it. I thought about it, that should I give it a try? It's like too late, you know, no, I'm, I'm too old to get into event management and, you know, to do that and things like that. Uh, so that was how, you know, I was uh, keeping myself. And then, um, then, then, you know, this 
Zumba aerobics and all was part of that because you know and here I was freaking out because you know every you know five minutes from my home I have a gym ten minutes from my home I have a nice Zumba studio so um, whereas in US I couldn't do this because you know I didn't had additional help other you know outside of help in whereas in India honestly I don't have to do anything other than going to work and coming home and then you know uh, just yeah. spend time with the family right you get help for everything here. So when I came here, honestly, I thought that I had a lot of free time with Bangalore traffic, with IT job, honestly thought I had a lot of free time. So that is when, you know, like I was, I was uh, going for this daily aerobic and the Zumba classes and, uh, but I did not maintain that it's not easy to, you know, kind of continue a certification. Mm. It was just a passion. I was saying that, you know, why not? I'm, I'm going to give it a try. So that was how I did, but uh, I continue to, you know, uh, do my physical exercises and all and that is when even the fashion world opened up I mean I was all I always wanted to dress up right I always like dressing up I always wanted to get compliments from my uh, people around me so uh, that is when you know this all these uh, you know, fashion shows and the ramp walks and it started that was a, that's a recent uh, uh, found passion about uh, I would say uh, five years back and oh, um, yeah, and again, it's the same thing, corporate culture, it all started your corporate culture, not five years back, I would take it back, eight years back, when you were organizing these events, okay, let's do fashion show, oh, I want to do the fashion show, you know, <laughs> that's how it, uh, it started, and uh, um, again, you know, I'm, I'm not very conscious of um, how I look, right from the beginning, I was not at all conscious of uh, me as a personality, I was like, I knew, this is what I am, I will try to improve some areas, where, you know, I think I should, but I'm not going to be perfect in all the angles. This is how I want to be. So that, you know, confidence I had in me and uh, that I would say that uh, I didn't have any inhibitions per se. So yeah. that one, you know, I participated in Mrs. India. Uh, it, my kids were making fun of me, mom. Some of the things that uh, you're doing now, you should have done when you were in 20s and 30s, not when you are in your late 40s and now 50s. So that's okay. You know, I enjoyed it. There are a lot of, uh, when I participated in Mrs. India, so that is when so many other doors opened up for me in terms of, you know, these uh, fashion shows. I mean, I was in uh, Bangalore Fashion Week uh, a month back and things like that. You know, it, it, so I get to meet a lot more people from different areas, different fields, different personalities. I get to learn a lot of things from them. And if they think that I inspire them in some way by, you know, uh, oh, she's so fit. Um, so she has so much of energy. She's so enthusiastic in terms of uh, yeah. even now, you know, kind of dressing certain way, which is okay. If I inspire them a little bit, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a nice uh, point for me to ask you to take a step back, look at your own life and tell the young mothers who are now in those shaky step moments yeah. saying that should I, should I not? Will I, will I not? Uh, so should I take a break or not? Will I justify my roles or not? What? And you have had a full life, a plate full of different opportunities, which you did not let go, but just had a piece and taste of every pie. Mm -hmm. What would you want to tell them uh, that, would you have done anything differently now, Usha, looking back? Anything no. differently? No, no, right? I so, would not have done anything differently. Probably I would have done more of what I have done, right? <laughs> more of what I have done, if so much of awareness was there, 
when yeah. I was growing up through the corporate ladder. Wow. Definitely, I would have done more of what I've done. <laughs> so I, I know it's not an opportunity lost for me, but still, if I had the type of support system, type of corporate awareness and the campaigns that we do for women, especially working women, if I had it back then, I would have done more of what I've done for sure. I definitely would have. So wow. my advice to young women who are, you know, thinking of getting married, thinking of having kids yeah. or have already had kids, young moms. So to them is don't give up on your career. So let it be anything. It does not have to be just a technology career, right? Mm -hmm. So don't give up on your career. If you, you know, if you're passionate about something else, that's okay. Just find that early on, but don't try to change your profession midway completely. Right. So you, you follow a passion, but if you're serious about, you know, this is not what I'm cut out for, you make the decision early on, not much, much later, because you would have already invested some years of your time into your career. So continue in that because there are so many options in the career and the technology, I can speak for technology, right? It's changing so fast. Yesterday's invention is tomorrow's history. So that is how it is. It is happening. So you, 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 you don't get bored. You don't get to do the same things again and again. You can constantly do new things, but don't change your career completely after having invested few years. Yeah. And coming to your mother perspective, right? Definitely, believe me, your kids are better off with having a working mom than being a housewife nagging them all the time definitely not please don't do that um, yeah definitely definitely not and having been through this cycle not fully but most uh, three-fourths I would say 75 percent um, your challenges when the kids are small kids are teenagers are nothing compared to the challenges that you would see when they are fully grown up adults I mean it, it's for good I'm not saying that you know it's it's problematic challenges but for good, but good to have, but what you need to go through when there's younger kids, when they're, you know, high school students, I mean, the college student for that matter, to when they start working, when they get, when they're in a stage where they're trying to build their life for themselves, you know, being, getting into relationships or getting married or starting their own families, all are different. It is, I mean, there's still a lot of things that I need to learn, but still compared to what you would be, it's nothing. So enjoy your careers, enjoy your working life and enjoy being a mom to your parents. Don't overanalyze things. Don't overthink too much because if you overanalyze, you are, all that is going to happen is you get stressed out. Yeah. Don't overanalyze things. Things will go, obviously, you know, you as a mom, as a parent, you need to guide them. You need to be there. You need to keep an eye on them. I'm not saying that, you know, let them go free when starting when they're kids you need to keep an eye on that because you know that's your job as a mother but don't overanalyze things um, i mean i've learned it hard way um, myself i have two boys very different personality um, and the elder one i think few areas i overanalyzed it and i overdid it and uh, for the second one, I think I have corrected my mistakes. Only he would be the right person to talk about it. Uh, so that's how I learned. And don't, don't overanalyze things. You know, it's okay. Things will work out. But the future challenges that you would see, they're far more bigger than the challenges you would see them. 
So uh, that will prepare you well if you're working, if your you know, mind is fully occupied. I'm, I'm a big uh, proponent of working moms, right? Mm. So that means I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not uh, um, discounting the efforts of a housewife. Definitely it is not easy to be a housewife taking care of everything. Uh, I'm not discounting that. But as a mother, working mother, so you would learn a lot more because you would have interacted with a lot more people than being a housewife. With a housewife, you have a limited set of people that you would interact with. But when you are a working mother, you would interact with a lot more people. So your lessons or life's lessons are far, 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 far more and better and experience that you get by working is far better than I would say housewife. I don't know others, um, you know, I've been working all my life. Uh, I do not know, but but still from with my limited observation that what I have seen of, uh, you know, people, uh, women who have not worked and people who have worked. So this is my analysis, especially for uh, this generation. You should never give up. Uh, Usha, I have a question here. Uh, especially as a coach for women who are yeah. in their mid-career transitions, uh, many of them have this problem when they go for job changes and uh, work, uh, where many of the interviewers invariably are men, and their first question is, okay, what's the point in taking you, training you, and then you'll get married, you'll move out of the company, and all our investment is a waste, or if they already have that then when you become a mother so many of them are like what do we tell them how do we tell them that there are many even tomorrow you will not be in this company how can you just look at me and ask this question because i'm a woman and you know one day i'm going to get married or become a mother yeah. so how do they handle it first at their levels before they take it to the world outside okay See, now, actually, that type of, uh, you know, incidents, it doesn't happen, right? Especially, uh, at least, they will not make it obvious with uh, asking such type of questions. Oh, no, they do, they do. They really? do. Yeah. Oh my God. I was okay. very surprised with some oh, of the women. Yeah. Really? Oh, my God. I, so, I didn't know, at least in the, in, in the technology, in the IT sector, you know, it, it, it was happening even 10 years back, but now not anymore, but, but still. So if they say that by this one, then they got to give examples of few other people, if they know, if they have any common in, in the same organization or wherever saying that you don't worry about it. Definitely, I am not going to put my life on hold because I'm working, right? I'm not going to put my life because I'm working. I'm definitely going to get married. I want to have kids when I want to have kids. Um, but at the same time, I'm very, very career minded. I know what I'm doing. I will do it. But still, if they ask questions which are so direct and uncomfortable, right, for you to answer, then you should take a stance. Maybe that company is not the company for you. So mm -hmm. if they don't have, uh, you know, that type of a culture and the openness and the inclusivity in the workplace, then maybe that's not the company you want to work for. And you should give that feedback to HR. Definitely, I, I would do that. And with the opportunities around these days, right? You also don't want to be, you know, let's say you're, you're interviewing and uh, your future leader, future manager is asking this sort of questions. I am not at all comfortable. I don't trust that person, right? Whoever asked me that type of questions, I do not trust that person. And if you don't trust your lead, then everything will, you know, kind of go for a toss, right? Yeah. So it, it's a cascading effect. So you, you should take that bold decision. 
saying that maybe this is not the company for me. You try to reason to some extent, but if you think that it is not at all reasonable ask from them, then you're like, no, it's not even a place that I want to work for. Right. So that would be my stance. While one on one hand, we say include women, exactly. diversity, inclusion. Yes. On the other hand, the patriarchal society still continues to be what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not only at workplace, right? The, especially in India, Rashmi, the patriarchal mindset, it's there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even now, there are many instances where, you know, I argue with my family. They, they, I do not agree with this. I do not agree with this. But arguments will not, I will not win all the arguments, but yeah. still, you know, that I don't think that will go away. That will yeah. be there. That's up to us, how we want to, you know, kind of uh, to the situation, how we want to react. And you um, you will not always win, but still few things that if you are very sure of your stance, you should take that stance. You know, like I said, you know, in my family also, even now I face that saying that why, you know, I know it's my logical mind sometimes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's who you are. Yes. And talking yeah. about uh, situation and reaction, the pandemic has made all of us become reflective, Usha. Everyone has taken a step back and realized how little we need. And the last two and a half years have been the best teachers that life had ever thrown to us. What have your reflections from the pandemic been? See, my reflection from the pandemic is it's very fragile. Life is too fragile. I mean, you can't even imagine you know, something like this would happen, right? And again, it has happened. Personally, uh, I lost my mom April of 2021. Uh, so um, as it is, right, with the pandemic, with the situation around us, people are suffering. So many things, it was happening. And then, you know, I lost my mom, you know, it's uh, last April. So personally, for me, just a lot of things have changed. My perception of life has changed, a lot of things. So some things, I've stopped doing what I was doing. Just to give an example, it's a very personal example, but still, um, my son is in US now. So he went there for his master's, he's working there and all. My expectations, few things, you know, it's uh, of my expectations or maybe the control freak nature that I had uh, with my son. I used to do that. I mean, I, I, I was like, you know, it's okay. I'm just checking on you. It's okay. I mean, I was like, that's what I am. That's my personality. I do like this. So those things, it has changed. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, all this with the pandemic and all, I was like, my God, he being there, I'm in here. I don't know when I'm going to see him. I don't know when he can travel to India. Um, so let's let's not be, you know, kind of mad for silly things, right? I used to be mad for a lot of silly things. As silly as he eats out seven days a week. L- literally, I mean, I, I know it's silly, but but we used to have arguments with him saying that, you know, you cannot do this. Come on. You know, it, it, you, you got to cook like that. I mean, he's very, you know, kind of a health conscious uh, a guy. All those things are fine, but still, you know, silly things like this. You should think of this. You should think of that. You should do that. You should do this. Now it has completely, this is, you know, like six months into the pandemic. I was like, if I am facing this situation here, being with so many other family members around, he being there alone yeah. with few friends, and even they could not even move out there also, no? And the first six months was terrible. So my perception of few things that I thought I was in control of, no, I'm not in control of anything in life, not at all in control of anything in life. And the way that I was dealing with my near and dear ones, so I have changed consciously few things that I've changed myself. 
at work nobody thought that you know we can work from home and still maintain the same level of productivity still maintain the same level of client satisfaction by working from home so we were so paranoid earlier for no reason and you know so in that way i know you know there is a very thin line between work and home now but still in some ways i think it has helped us with the our work life balance right because we as leads leaders of the organization we as managers we were so paranoid we were not even allowing certain roles certain positions to be you know we didn't even think that those things can be done from home right so we were insisting on somebody coming to office being in office you no know, whatever 9 hours a day or whatever do that and all those things so a lot of things has changed my reflection of pandemic's life is very very fragile and uh, you know kind of uh, give lot of importance to your family and friends and your relationship basically so that is what taught me uh, rashmi like i said personally i also kind of you know had a huge huge loss and huge void the void will not be filled in my life uh, and uh, my mom was not in mysore bangalore she was in kolkata my brother is in kolkata so you know we we didn't even see her the last three months uh, of her uh, this one so a lot of things has changed one thing is it's very fragile uh, kind of you know go easy um, on uh, yourself also right go easy on yourself so don't uh, stress too much and uh, some things you know um, personal on just on the self care a lot of things has changed a lot of things on the self care has changed um, you know even though i was not very conscious of how i look and all before but now it was like care it's okay fine with all this remote working and all no uh the video calls and all i used to be very very you know kind of in the beginning i was like that's okay it's fine this is what i am so if you say gray hair here if i have not dyed my hair it's fine <laughs> <laughs> and on that beautiful note three life lessons usha that you'd like to leave us with three life lessons for me is i mean I'm, my personal this one i'm going to say especially for women working is very very important no other than the financial independence the interactions you have and the, your maturity level as a person will definitely you know kind of uh, it it goes one level up every year you work right so that's a life lesson so very very important for you to have to be a working woman for many reasons the second personal life lesson is if you have more than one child don't ever compare your children with each other beat any trait don't ever complain this is a life lessons i knew how i was brought up how i am different with my siblings but still how my mom treated all four of us but still i couldn't adopt it when it came to my children right so i i i learned it a big way when you know when when children spoke to me about what they don't like about me and all those things right mm-hmm. so that that's a lessons learned for me initially i was in denial um then i was like yes i should have done that only this learned after i had a very very candid conversation with both my kids just one on one conversation with both my kids don't ever compare coming to the professional this one you know please be very very empathetic about your colleagues i am not even talking about you know kind of a manager leader or anything be very very empathetic with your colleagues all the time because it's very important the people connect factor human connections that we have it's very important for us to be our best selves at work 
if you develop that. If you are empathetic towards others, they show similar empathy, similar respect for you. In that way, you can have the free conversation with them. This is just my personal thing. Don't think hierarchy is the barrier for you to have this type of connection with your colleagues. Definitely hierarchy it will not be the barrier. If only if you think that it's a barrier that's going to come in the way. Otherwise, it's not going to come in the way. It's just to treat everybody as equals, as individuals, and develop that people connect factor with them. That's going to help you. That's going to help you as a person. That's going to help you to be your best self, authentic self all the time, both at work and as well as uh, at uh, your uh, personal front or at home. Pandemic starters, integrate your professional lives and uh, uh, personal lives well. Only when you integrate it, you will be able to do justice to both of You walk the talk perfectly, Usha. All these three has come from your personal life and your personal space. Respect that authenticity. May your tribe increase. And Usha, thank you for being who you are. Real, full of energy and so lively to talk to. God bless you and thank you so much for giving your time to be on you and I with Rashmi Shetty. Rashmi, thank you so much. I enjoyed my conversation with you. And if not for you and I, we should make it a point to meet once in a while. Just, you know, exchange ideas and uh, <laughs> learn from each other. I would look forward to meeting you in person sometime soon. Rashmi, yes, thanks again yes. for having me on your show. Completely my pleasure, Usha. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. With that, we come to the end of this weekly quest of You and I with Rashmi Shetty. Do let us know if you know people who make the world beautiful. Write in to rashmi.thethirdeye at gmail.com. That is R-A-S-H-M-I dot T-H-E-T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E at gmail.com. Come, let's explore this amazing world together, both you and I.